Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass. Welcome to Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minutemen Stories, brought to you by the Massachusetts Collective. I'm your host, Nathan Strauss, and today's guest is a familiar face courtside at the Mullen Center, David McKletzky, who, if you don't know, is the associate head athletic trainer and uh, has been a, a mainstay with UMass men's basketball for now going on two decades. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on here today. I love your office. I've walked by it a number of times, but... You're located right across from the practice gym in the in the the JFK Champion Center. Is that right? Is that right? Yes, it's a it's a great spot. Um, I actually go back. I was lucky enough when we I don't know if I had any input, but when we were building the Champion Center, I got to sit in a couple of meetings with the architect. And one thing I asked for was just to have a wall of glass so I could see the court. Now I don't know if that got if they had that in mind already, but. <clears throat> It's a great setup um, just because, especially at some points of practice, we start to get into some five on, on O stuff or doing some shooting. Uh, and I can come in here and, and maybe get some computer work done or some administrative work done, have a look at the guys. And then when they get back into going at it and uh, going live, um, I can pop right back out on the court. So it's a really cool setup. Um, plus, I can see everybody walk by the office. It's uh, like the so it's, it, it, it's like the athletic trainer version of having a corner office in like a you know a traditional office building, which I think is uh is pretty great. Um, yeah. but talk about right now, just before we get into you know your journey and stuff, how has this season gone for you? You know, with uh, so many new players, has it changed your job at all? Um, to getting to know uh, those guys. Yes, I mean you, you look at the last few years and and sort of how transfers have gone. You know throughout college athletics you're you know we come back in late may early june to start our, our summer work to prepare for the upcoming season and you know we're getting seven to eight new guys in per year so you're you spend that summer sort of learning new personalities learning an injury history for me you know learning who will play through anything and and who needs you know a little bit of push uh to play so Every year, the new team is me learning a lot of guys, a lot of their tendencies, their personalities, uh, things like that. Where in the past, you know, we kept, you know, we kept guys for four or five years, you know, and oftentimes, uh, even when DK was here, we'd uh, redshirt guys as freshmen. So I'd know them uh, for five years and, and obviously build a relationship and, and 
know who they were as people. And it was nice uh, in that area. I got to watch them grow as people too, as coming in from 18 and leaving at 22 or 23. It's a big uh, change in that and then personality wise. So <clears throat> it's different, but it's nice too, because you, you do get a sort of a breath of fresh air too in the building uh, every May, it, it seems like. I'm bookmarking something you said there about the injury history. And I'm going to come back to it later. Sure. But for people who don't know you, you grew up in the the Albany area, yep. and you made your way to UMass uh, in right right after the the change of the millennium. Uh, did you always want to go into athletic training, the sort of the medical physical field? Yes. Um, as a 17, 18 year old, I consider myself lucky. Uh, many of us have no idea uh, what they want to do, uh, and I. I remember going, you know, November, December, this time of year of my senior year, going to talk to my guidance counselor in high school and tell him I wanted to be involved in sports, uh, but really didn't want to be, a, you know, I figured that meant gym teacher or a coach uh, at that point in life. And uh, I didn't really want to do either of those professions. And he suggested I go and hang out with our athletic trainer uh, that we had at my high school, uh, which in the, at that time in 1992, uh, there weren't many of us around at the high school setting. Uh, so we were lucky enough to have one. Uh, and I was lucky enough to spend the, the spring with him just observing. And and I was like, wow, this looks pretty cool. The relationships he had with athletes, being able to, you know, be at the games and, and be a part of teams. So I ended up going to uh, SUNY Brockport, applied to one school. That's where he went, uh, a school out in Western New York uh, by Rochester, New York, um, and went there for undergrad. And then uh, worked a couple of years at the high school level after I graduated uh, down by New York City. And then I was like, I, I really want to work at the college level and we need a master's degree to work at the college level. So I came here in 99 as a graduate assistant athletic trainer uh, and worked with the football team and the baseball team in the spring. So uh, so it was a great experience and got my master's degree paid for, which is uh, even a be even better, you know. You're telling me because that's uh, something that I'm looking at next year, uh, a sort of similar um, similar concept at the very least but so you're here for two years as a GA and then you go elsewhere you go to the the College of the Holy Cross and St. Peter's but then you come back to UMass what was the process like of, of getting back to Amherst and obviously you haven't left so clearly it worked out right I um my two years here in the uh, late 90s early 2000s were great um I made some really good friends here at that point we had seven GAs so we're all sitting there making no money, same age, sort of the same likes and things like that. So I had a, I had some really good lifelong friends that I met here uh, in Amherst while I was here for those two years. And I somewhat left because I had to, my, my assistantship was up, assistantship was up. There was no, um, you know, there's no full-time position. So I, I went to Holy Cross, which was a great professional and personal experience also. Uh, but in 07, when this opened, I I've, have been and continue to be really good friends with uh, Ron Laham, who was the athletic trainer uh, here during our quarter, the 90s. Uh, and he was still the men's basketball athletic trainer uh, when I was a grad student here. And he had just let me know the basketball position was opening uh, if I wanted to come back. And at that point in my career, I'll be honest, I, I came here to come move back to Western Mass, hour and a half from my family. Um, but I was a football hockey guy. Uh, that's what I worked at Holy Cross was football and hockey, and uh, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, but the overriding thing was to uh, get back in, in this area, uh, <clears throat> and obviously haven't left then since uh, 
October 1st of, of 2007. I met my wife here, who's, uh, who is from Belchertown. Her parents live in Hadley. Uh, and uh, we live in Belchertown now also. So I got some pretty deep roots here also, uh, aside from professionally. So um, that's helped me stay here. But I enjoy working uh, for the university, enjoy being in, the, in this area and, and uh, everything that goes along with it. Since 2007, where do you have a favorite place that that the team has gone or that basketball has taken you either in terms of the, the on-court environment or in the kind of extracurricular off day kind of uh, sense? Um, Man, there's so many of them, you know, it brings back and I was texting with some old managers uh, last night when that thing from Kansas popped up when we won in Kansas city and beat Kansas. And that was just my second year here. Uh, and like, that was amazing. I like, there must've been 16, 17,000 people there. They had just won the national championship. Um, and, and maybe because it's so fresh uh, in my mind and that just popped up yesterday that as far as game and atmosphere and winning, um, that that is probably uh, the best. Uh, my wife went uh, and we still talk about it to this day and we've been there three or four times since is that Charleston tournament in 13 um, that we won, we won, uh, you know, and got ranked right after that tournament. Uh, so we won that tournament, which was a great time, but just that was uh, our first time being exposed to Charleston, South Carolina, which was one of the coolest places that I've been to uh, in this country. And like I said, we vacationed there a couple of times uh, since uh, just a cool city, good weather, uh, things like that. So um, as far as personal or places that I've been, um, those two really stick out, but I, I've been lucky. We went to Paris and London. We like we were talking to Pat before. We've been to the Bahamas. Um, so, so I've been through basketball. Uh, I've gotten to go to some really cool spots that maybe I wouldn't have. Uh, but those two, as far as game setting and um, <clears throat> and personal, and anytime we win uh, in the league is great too. You know, going to Dayton and winning the Dayton, which has only happened a handful of times. But you do that and get on the bus after that, and it feels really good. It feels like you accomplished something. So those league road wins are always cool no matter where they are. I asked that question, too, knowing that, you know, there's a trip to Hawaii coming up in right. about a week. So maybe add that one to the uh, to that list in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I mean, maybe this is a dumb question because uh, maybe it's – maybe you knowing this would think this is a dumb question, but – you talk about you were a basket, you were a football and hockey guy, and then you jumped to basketball. When you're an athletic trainer and you get assigned to a new sport or you're working with a new team, what is the process like? And, and how different, I guess, is your day to day or are the injuries that you're seeing uh, in basketball compared to in football and hockey? When you're in those big time contact sports like football and hockey, you're, you know, you're always on high alert. Like a few minutes ago, I, I talked about coming in here for doing some shooting. For example, if you're, if you're out on the football practice field or, or uh, on the, in the practice rink for hockey, you're constantly on it, on it, on it, making sure everybody gets up after a play. Everybody gets up at, after a hit um, in basketball and some of the less acute injury sports, not, not that we couldn't have an ACL or dislocated shoulder or, whatever the case may be as far as a traumatic injury at any point. Um, but uh, that, that was a major difference as far as, you know, 
even nowadays, especially in the, in the uh, spring, I'll go down the football and I just feel myself so tense during practice where uh, at practice for basketball, it's a little more uh, relaxed. There's a little more BS and uh, going on um, <clears throat> than some of those other really collision sports. Um, and it, that, uh, as far as injuries too, uh, with our guys, we're dealing with more um, chronic issues, uh, w- whether it be the tendonitis, tendonosis, uh, our low back issues. I don't here and there, um, but I don't deal with very many upper extremity issues, for example. Uh, a, a lot of stuff is from, you know, the lower spine uh, down that I deal with. And, and again, not that I don't get upper extremity stuff, but it, it's a lot less than, you know, in those collision sports uh, that I used to work. Uh, so in, in, in all the sports, but it's a lot of making sure your guys come in and do their maintenance work. You know, if you have a guy and we go back to knowing injury history, but if I have somebody that, that has a history of ankle sprains, I have, need to make sure that they're doing ankle work uh, just to maintain their strength, their balance, uh, flexibility, so that hopefully we can stop that history of ankle sprains, you know, just for an example of that. So there, in all sports, there's a lot of maintenance and, you know, what the people don't see is working on guys that are full go in the game. Um, you know, they're even though they're full go, they're still in my room often uh, doing stuff to keep them full go during the game. Are there guys who you have become close with over your time at UMass who you're still in contact with or who you kind of bonded with, whether it be as a result of your work or just, um, you know, spending so much time around them? Yes, yeah, it's, it's our, one of our managers. I was sitting at the scores table today and asked me that my, my quote unquote favorite player. And I'm not going to. Yeah, there's a lot of favorite players. But the, one of the people that stick out to me most was a freshman when I first got here in 2007. And it's Matt Hill. Uh, and Matt Hill, and, and these are very odd injuries for somebody, the population that we deal with, the, these injuries are more weekend warrior, uh, you know, our middle-aged people. But Matt Hill, unfortunately, before he got here, tore one of his Achilles tendons. Uh, and I did a, a lot of that rehab that first year, his freshman year that he was here, but he was back on the court. Um, and then as a sophomore, we were down at Memphis playing that midnight game on ESPN, and he tore his other side. Um and uh, so, unfortunately for him, him and I uh, spent a good part of his five years here. Uh, his last year, he, he did a, a GA uh, with strength conditioning to get his to finish up his degree. Um, but him, he's back two or three times a year to up here to games. He'll usually go to our Rhode Island game. Um, his wife uh, is a UMass grad, uh, and uh, you know has two kids now. So. So he's one that really sticks out that that I speak with and have a relationship a lot. And unfortunately, for the most part, anybody that I have really good relationships with means that they're oft injured. Um, but it's cool. And it's actually ironic. I, I you know, um, Matt's wife, Courtney, her brother was a baseball player, John Seed, when I was the GA for the baseball team uh, in 99 and in 2000. So sort sort of a circle thing. But uh but if I was to pick one, uh, he's one. But there's there's a multitude of guys that that I've seen a lot. Unfortunately, you know, Seth Berger. Uh, now I'm thinking about it, st- uh, sticks out. Um, a few years ago, John Bugs, when he tore his ACL, he was he was great and just embraced his rehab. I mean, right now Jackson Cronin's in a long term rehab, uh, one of our walk ons, and we come in every day in the fall uh, and and talk about the NFL and what's going on there. So 
So unfortunately, if, if we're close, that means you're not on the court a lot. I get it. I, I wanted to come back to the, the what you said earlier about knowing what players you might need to either push or knowing how players approach their own uh, bodies and knowing like, you know, who will play through anything, who might need um, reassurance that they can play through anything. Um, earlier this year, Frank Martin talked, uh, I, we talked on the, the UMass Athletics Power Hour and, uh, you know, on just being, he's talked on just being Frank about how last year, you know, Matt Cross had, you know, walking pneumonia, he lost a ton of weight. Um, and even, even though he was nowhere close to hundred percent, he pushed himself through. What are some challenges when it comes to balancing, you know, your responsibility as a trainer and also, you know, acknowledging and letting players kind of make those decisions for your, for themselves? How does that process work for you? That's a difficult one. And a lot of times, you know, oftentimes I wish I had the power to judge your pain, right? And like, and you could feel somebody else's pain. And I'm like, you know, get your butt out there. You're fine. Or get your butt off the court because, you know, um, but unfortunately we don't have that, you know, you know, which, you know, in, in Matt's case, and it was crazy. And, you know, after all that was through and he was feeling better, um, I really sat down with him and talked to him about, you know, and again, Matt was only here four or five months, six months when this happened. Um, you know, if, if that happened this year, I, I think I would have yanked him much quicker, but just talked about him, about what my role is, what our doctors at UHS role are, what we need to do if we need to get you, you know, to Cooley Dickinson or whatever. Um, so after all that happened, it was even more of an education. And Matt had been to school for, uh, you know, at two different places. And sometimes you get caught up in assuming they know everything when sometimes they may not. But um, but it's very difficult. And, and Matt's one of the toughest kids. He had the knee last year. Um, and he just wants to play, play, play. Uh, and sometimes you got to grab him by the shirt and say, let's get out. And, and this is going to be better for you and in turn better for the, the team uh, in the long run. Um, the guys that are a little less tough, if you want to say, uh, it with times as they change. When I first started, you did give a guy a kick in the butt. Like you'd be like, yo, get out there. You're ready to go. Um, and maybe that wasn't so right, but now um, we deal with it. And, you know, it, basically, if a guy says he doesn't feel like he's ready to play, we're not playing him. Frank's great with that. Uh, one of the first things that Frank told me uh, in my first meeting with him is like, I don't want you to play anybody that doesn't feel that they can play. Um, you know, and, and so in that case, a lot of times what I'll do, and again, it's great being here in the champion center. My office is right across, across the hall from the courts is I'll get them out on the court and try to break down their functional activity, uh, to what they're going to do when they're on the court practicing. So whether it be small space, lateral movements or some hops where they're just touching the backboard, even though they can touch the rim, um, just break down in some of those smaller things and, and try to give them a little bit of confidence. Um, get them cutting, get them backpedaling, you know, again, moving side to side, things like that. Um, just get them doing some small sports specific stuff and then may, maybe getting over and getting a ball in their hand and doing some jump shots and doing some dribble jump shots and some more sports specific functional activity. And then like, oh, wow, I, I feel better than I thought. Uh, 
and sort of breaking it down into smaller sections. So then we're like, oh, I think I can practice. Uh, so that's that's one of the things that I do. And that's really in a return to all functional activity. If you had an ankle sprain and you're out for three weeks, you know, that's our very start of getting you back to basketball activity is doing some smaller functional basketball specific things before you get you uh, out on the court and going up and down five and five when you haven't done anything in three weeks. Um, so I don't know if that's yeah. boring of the story, but that's sort of the, the idea. No, it's great. It's back. great because I, I I think it's great that obviously no one is making a player play if they don't feel like they're ready. Because um, I know that that, all, that obviously hasn't always been the case in, in sports. And I think it's great that that's the, the mindset. But having now worked under or with, you know, a handful of different coaches here since you started, what are those intro meetings like? Like when, when you, what was your conversation like with Frank, you know, aside from, from that when he first arrived? How did that bond, you know, begin? Well, that Frank and I sort of just talked about us and, and it's great because I, this is how I envision my relationship with all coaches being us sort of being part of the, part of the team and our communication and our making sure guys that are on the court are ready to be, and then aren't on the court are doing something to get them to get back on the court. Um, so, so really that was, that was the gist uh, of our opening conversation, but you know, that was a sort of, it was just nice to open up with that. Somebody, you know, obviously you've never met and just talking about, you know, the difficult, he understood the difficulties of the job and difficulties of dealing with different personalities. Um, you know, you're also dealing with parents and, and other people in their lives, uh, especially when it comes to something that's more than just a minor injury. Uh, so getting all that information together and, and getting them back ready to go when they're one mentally ready and two physically ready. Um, so, you know, so that, that's been great. And, and honestly, I, I've been, I've been lucky uh, that, you know, you're always, you know, you're on the eve of playing West Virginia, your best player goes down to practice. There's always that pressure. Can he play? Can he play? You know, what do we need to do? Do we need to pull minutes back? Things like that. Um, so there's always those relationships and conversations. And sometimes they're not as pretty as, you, as you'd like them to be. But, but at the end of the day, having the, having the athlete healthy and ready to go is most important. Without a doubt. Is there a, is there a A10 city that you look forward to every year? Yeah. Yeah. I love, um, it's not really a city. Uh, there's two, uh, I'm going to, I love Davidson. I like Davidson, North Carolina is like the coolest place to me. Um, I tell my wife all the time I want to live in North Carolina or South Carolina. Uh, but I like that. It's right on uh, Lake Norman, like 30, 40 minutes above Charlotte, um, I have high school friends that live in Charlotte, so I get a chance to see them. Uh, and the campus is, it's small, but it's just, it's almost like a New England prep school feel uh, campus. Uh, and it's hard to play there. I don't know that since we've played at Davidson, we've ever won, uh, but I like it there. And I love staying at the, um, whatever it is, the ballpark hotel right across from Bush Stadium in St. Louis. And if you get the right room, you get to look right down in the Bush Stadium. Uh, so that that's a good the, those two spots uh, really stand out. I mean, I've been to Philly a million. One year we went to Philly when Derek was here and we were at NIT. We played Drexel. I think I spent a dozen nights in Philadelphia that year, and that that's back when Temple was in the league too. So I think we spent uh, we played all three team all three Philly teams on the road and then did Drexel. Uh, so I've been to Philly a bunch too, and, and Philly's not bad, but those two uh, really stand out. I hope, I hope we like don't stay at that ballpark hotel in St. Louis. 
I so it's funny. I've been to that hotel as well with women's soccer, and I was on the other side, so I didn't have the ballpark view, but I had the gateway arch view, which was yeah. also spectacular. So I know exactly what happened. Although I did get food poisoning from a Jimmy John's on that oh. trip. So I have mixed <laughs> memories because I had to extend my stay and postpone my flight by an extra day wow. so I could recover. <laughs> um, right. But I look forward to going back to St. Louis at some point and getting right. a do-over. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> have you now, been in the Arch? I have not. It was yeah, so cold. I didn't want to leave the hotel. Yeah. Good view? A handful of times. It's, it's a definitely do it once. Um, just to say you've been up in the Arch if you're there. It's pretty cool. Now, this is when we ask, you know, people the same question um, we ask everyone, which is if you had an NIL deal, either back when you were at SUNY Rockport or now, what company would you want your NIL deal with? When, when you asked me this before, I hope I don't get in trouble this for plugging this company, but I would have it with JP Maggi Realty of Belchertown. It's my wife's uh, real estate group. Um, that she works for and uh, Jocelyn and Joe Maggi are the owners of it and they're great people. So uh, I'd want to advertise for them. I guess if I have an NIL, this is a pretend NIL deal, I'll, I'll advertise uh, for them. Um, but that being said, I would, I would love to have like, um, like something like a, I always wanted my third car to be a Mustang. So maybe if I, I, Maybe if Scott Surratt's uh, listening, I could have my uh, my third car Mustang to, to roll around, around Western Mass in the, in the summer uh, with a convenient, with the convertible down. Uh, we've done that a few times in Florida, which has been pretty cool. So uh, so maybe a Ford dealership I, I'd have it with. That's a, those are two good answers. And no, I appreciate you using the opportunity to plug, you know, your 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 wife's place of employment. That's exactly what this segment is all about. Um, it's much better than my answer, that's for sure. <laughs> Which changes. Uh, I, I, by the way, I am planning on. Um, I've never had DP dough, but I'm going to get it. I think tonight for dinner, which will be my first time ever having it. And I know that's oh. been a that's been a common answer amongst the the people who we've talked to. Oh, I, you know, I've never in all the and I know it's been gone for a while, but in all the years I've lived here, even back in the late '90s, I've never uh, been there either. Um, it's always you're, little, you, you're due. Yeah. You go uptown and you're like, well, all right, I'll just go to Antonio's, right? That's, that's the easy thing to do. Yeah, now, hey, competition breeds innovation, right? But right. Um, the uh, the other question that we ask everyone is, if you are the coach down one in a game, which UMass player are you putting the ball in the hands of for that final game-winning shot? That I've worked with, I'd probably have to say Chaz. Um. You know, and, and it may be skirting the question, but I have to say, because if Chaz isn't taking it, he's getting somebody wide open. Um, so uh, of that crew uh, that I've I've worked with, that was in, and also Noah. I, I can think of Noah right off uh, against Rutgers and last year down in uh, Myrtle Beach. So he's got, he had two game-winning threes. Uh, so I know that's two answers, but, but to start it, at the top of the key with the ball to make a play it would be Chaz and maybe to take the shot would be Noah. So Samson had a big one against Harvard too. Uh, man, you've been here so long. You start thinking there's a lot of guys that made some big shots. Uh, but I, I think Chaz is one Noah 1A uh, for that question. If, if I'm skirting it, but if I had to pick one, it'd be Chaz. Very, very good answers. Before we let you go, I just, I realized, you know, do you have fun during games or are you in full on work mode? Like 
just watching the players like extremities and, and caring less about the baskets? Um, it's a mixture of both. Um, there's, there's an eye on the game that, that if I was sitting in the stands, I wouldn't have, um, you know, uh, I'm wa- watching, you know, every play, uh, for that, for that injury reason t- to make sure, uh, that, you know, somebody takes a charge, make sure they get up. Uh, I'm sure if you sit on the, the opposite end of our bench, you often see me standing with my towel, uh, when a guy goes down sort of waiting, uh, for the ref to wave me on. So there's always that, um, eye on the game where like, what's, uh, you know, what's going on, you know, it, it, do they need to, and you learn early in your career, no matter what sport it is, don't go out till the refs wave you on <laughs> or else you can get, get some crap for that. But, uh, but no, that that's, I have the eye on the game watching that, but I, I also, there's, to me, the great thing about this job is you get to watch the games and, and every time we go out on the court, it, it's like watching your feet you know, your favorite team play, you know, if you're a Patriots fan, it's like watching the Patriots, but that intensity of being a part of that team. So I get aggravated when we lose or I get aggravated when we play bad or, you know, you can ask Father Schmigel on the end of the bench. I probably could go to confession a few times when we're playing bad. Uh, but, and I get, you know, joy and excitement out of our win or out of our good plays or, or things like that. Like there's nothing, like I said, there, there's nothing better than going to Dayton and winning the game and getting on the bus, you know, with the 30 people in that travel party and coming home. Like, that's just a, a cool feeling that you don't get as, you know, watching sports on your couch. So, I get it. <laughs> so there's a, there's a definitely, uh, but that fanship, and, and it goes for the, uh, especially when we're home, that goes for the away team too. You know, that fanship goes right away if, one of our players or opposing players is down, then it's like full on work mode. What's going on? Uh, you know, things like that. So, so there's that aspect too. I, I think um, in Atlantic 10, we got a great group of athletic trainers that take care of us. We all take care of each other. And, and that's important too, that you don't realize is making sure that visiting team is, is taken care of. If something happens to one of their players also. Do you guys have like a, an eight ten athletic trainers group chat? We do have a group chat and we do the day before we got to stop playing the first day of the Atlantic 10 tournament, because usually that night we have a little uh, get together, um, <laughs> which is always a good time telling some war stories. So, uh, so, so yeah, we have that, but we, you know, sharing just, you know, what do you guys do for this insurance situation or what do you guys, uh, what have you seen as far as this injury or, or you know, what are we doing to get these transfers up and going and sort of, so we do have a, a nice professional uh, chat that we'll, we'll use, you know, quite often. It's, it's always good to see what, you know, the A-10s is our brother, so to speak. So it's always, you know, it's always good to see what they're doing, um, what other schools are doing. And are, are we up to that standard? Or are we below it or are we above it? It's all great to hear. Yeah. Well, thank you for hopping on. Uh, this is a great look. This is a great way of peeling back the curtain um, for, for things that I think people probably wouldn't know otherwise. Uh, anything else that you want to add before uh, we let you go? No, I mean, I didn't even think of this. Pat texted me last night. It was a cool uh, opportunity. Uh, hopefully I did well. Uh, but You did cool great. You did great. Profession. Good. When's Good. the last time you did an interview? You know? <laughs> no. I don't know if I think Josh Maurer brought me on once a long, long. Oh, you know what it was? I think I came in here with a construction hat when they were building the Champion Center and gave a tour to the athletic training room. 
Awesome. That might be the last one. Yep. Well, you were a natural. Uh, this is Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minutemen Stories. Thank you to Dave McCletsky, UMass Associate Head Athletic Trainer, a familiar face on the sideline at the Mullen Center and everywhere UMass men's basketball goes. Brought to you by the Massachusetts Collective. A reminder to follow the Mass Collective on all social media platforms and to keep tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank you, David. I will see you at some point, you know, whether it be at the Mullen Center, the White Lion, or somewhere else. Unfortunately, not Hawaii, but any, anywhere else. And uh, until next time, we will talk to you soon. Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass basketballs back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit thenathanagencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass.